0: Today on The Faction, we're back, and there's lots to talk about, including the latest in AEW New World Champions and is Trinity heading to WWE? All of that and more today on The Faction. what's going on family happy new year and welcome to another edition of the faction it's your man gerard bonner and i hope you guys are doing well we did take a little bit of time off because well there was a lot going on. It was the holidays, etc., etc., etc. But we are back and there is plenty to talk about. Here's what's funny about the holidays. The holidays might be a time off for some people, but it's really true the world of pro wrestling never seems to have a week off. As there was so much that happened during the holidays, so much to start 2024 that it's pretty wild. So we're gonna try to update you on as much as we possibly can, give you some commentary on some of the things that are probably of most interest to you, and then we'll, we'll see where else we go from there. But first, a big shout out to all of you who joined us for all of 2023. It's an amazing time, and in case you didn't know, January is a very special month for us as it is our anniversary. This year marks, I can't believe it, eight years since we began this podcast 2016 was the start of the faction and so it's amazing to see what we've been able to do how you guys have continued to support us All of the really neat things that have happened since day one. So super excited. For those of you who have been with us since day one, absolutely amazing. Thank you for rocking with us. Shout out to all of you for all that you do. If you're not already subscribed to our podcast, make sure you're subscribed in all of the spaces that you can check us out. In addition to that, make sure you're following us on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now then... Let's talk a bit about how 2023 ended and how 2024 began in the world of wrestling. I'm going to start, strangely enough, in AEW, and here's why I'll start in AEW, because they had the last pay-per-view of 2023. The pay-per-view was called World's End, and the big news coming out of that is we have a new AEW world champion. Maxwell Jacob Friedman has lost the championship to Samoa Joe lost it via submission then we also found out who the devil and his henchmen were the devil happens to be adam cole and his henchmen who are now all known as the undisputed kingdom they consist of roderick strong mike bennett matt taven and wardlow yes wardlow is part of another group After somewhat being solo for quite some time, this is a very interesting collaboration. We finally got an end to this storyline, which I suppose it makes sense that it would be Adam Cole, given some of the things that have happened over time. There are parts of me that also wonder if it's rushed, considering Adam Cole is still not medically cleared to compete, nor is he fully healed as he showed up on crutches. So, not sure, but what we do know is MJF, is hurt. He's been hurt for a while, so taking the title off of him certainly made sense. Now, there are also questions out there in terms of whether or not he is actually still signed to AEW because he no longer appears on AEW's active roster on their website. That could mean a lot of things, right? I will tell you this. I don't want to live my life under the is it a work, is it a shoot kind of space that a lot of pro wrestling fans choose to live in. We'll just see where all of this goes, but this is certainly very interesting, and it's led to some interesting times for AEW. Also at World's End, we got the end of the Continental Classic, crowning a new Continental Crown Champion, that of course being Eddie Kingston, who now holds three titles, including The newly minted AEW Continental Crown, which is added to the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship and the Ring of Honor World Championship. So congratulations to Eddie Kingston, who may have had the best year of his career in 2023, winning all three of those titles in the second half of the year. Pretty amazing indeed. With that said, a lot of news about AEW going on, questions in terms of where they will end up on television in the coming year. All of that is still to be determined. And then, of course, there was Tony Khan on Twitter yesterday, who apparently had quite a bit to say about Jinder Mahal getting a world championship opportunity in comparison to Hook getting a world championship opportunity. Now, Let's just say this, okay? Um, It's okay for wrestling fans to be wrestling fans and members of the wrestling community to watch other products. You guys know I'm a part of a number of promotions, and I'm obviously watching what's going on in the wrestling scene. I have a podcast. I'm commenting on certain things. I am not the owner of a wrestling promotion, so me talking about another promotion isn't looked at the same. Tony Khan having conversation about Jinder Mahal getting a world title shot just doesn't seem very productive. Vince McMahon didn't make those kinds of comments about WCW members getting a title shot. Like, I I just don't know that that's wise, period. I think we should be more focused on the product that is AEW, which reminds me, in case you missed Dynamite this past Wednesday night, AEW has a new member of their women's division, and that is Diana Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo coming from Impact, now known as TNA. She had three championship reigns there, one of the cornerstones of that women's division in the modern era. Congratulations to her signing with AEW. And again, a lot of people have questions about the future of AEW's women's division based on what we have seen. Could Diana Perrazzo make an impact? We'll certainly find out over time. There's also rumors out there about Mercedes Monet potentially making her way to AEW. I can't confirm or deny whether or not it's true. I can say that I'm not sure. That it would be the best move for what it is that she's wanted to accomplish since leaving WWE. I think as much as we can say, 2023 was the best year in the career of Eddie Kingston. 2023 was not the ideal year for Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet, and there are a few reasons why. When the year started, it certainly seemed like it was going to be her year. Walking into Wrestle Kingdom doing some amazing things, declaring that she would be a contender for the IWGP Women's Championship. Then in the month of February, winning that title at Battle in the Valley in San Jose. It looked like great things were going to happen. She would lose the IWGP Women's Championship by April. In May, she was competing for the newly created New Japan Strong Openweight Women's Championship. She made it to the finals, but would get injured and lose to Willow Nightingale. And she has not wrestled since. Since then, it seems as though New Japan's commitment to the women's division has waned significantly. So much so until Wrestle Kingdom 17, which was last year, featured the women's title match second on the card. This year, there were no women on the Wrestle Kingdom card. So, what should mercedes Monet do right now? It's a great question. It seems as though AEW might be the only option. Although I do think perhaps a run in Mexico would work. I also wonder if there's some way she's able to revive the women's division in New Japan. But I'm not sure. Stardom is an option. And considering the potential partnership that could happen between Stardom and WWE. That could make for some wonderful times. But I'm not sure what should happen right now with mercedes Monet. I'd love to get your thoughts. Is this even a topic of conversation for you, given the strength of women's wrestling in 2023 going into 2024? I don't know, but we certainly can talk about it. That's a look at things in terms of AEW. I also think it's interesting to take a look at Impact. Impact Wrestling, as we move into 2024, will become TNA. Well, technically they are TNA now. Their first major event happens this Saturday night, the Hard to Kill Pay-Per-View. Excuse me, did I call it a pay-per-view? Because that's one of the changes that's happened in TNA. As TNA no longer does pay-per-views, they now do premium live events. Have you heard that term somewhere before? By the way, I didn't make that up. No, they really are doing premium live events. That's the same terminology used by the WWE to talk about what they formerly called pay-per-view. Let's also look at another interesting fact. In case you did not know, and I think we told you about this here on this podcast, that the new TNA Plus streaming service, which replaces the Impact Plus streaming service, is powered by a little streaming company called Endeavor. The same Endeavor that of course purchased the WWE and helped to form the company known as TKO. So it is true, the WWE and Impact Streaming Service have the same parent company in Endeavor. Does this mean we could see some degree of cross-pollination between the WWE and TNA? Many people thought that that announcement would come this past Thursday from Triple H. Instead, the announcement was that the Money in the Bank Premium Live event would take place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, making for a full weekend of WWE in Toronto. It would start with a Friday night episode of SmackDown. Saturday night would be Money in the Bank. Sunday night would be NXT Heat Wave. That's right. It's been quite some time since NXT has gone international. So that's going to be really exciting to see for NXT. This also makes it interesting because there are a number of premium live events that are international premium live events this year in the WWE, whether it is Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia, Backlash in Paris, France. You, of course, have the Saudi Arabia event. Then there is the Bash in Berlin. And now we have Money in the Bank happening in Toronto. So it seems as though the WWE listened to a lot of fans and listened to the response from the international community in 2023 that we need more premium live events in an international space. So that's going to happen. That's exciting. But back to TNA. There's a big question in terms of whether or not there is a working relationship between TNA and the WWE. In case you did not remember, TNA also announced that happening At this hard-to-kill premium live event, there will be someone who appears that no one expects and it will be a result of worlds colliding. Now, the last time we heard worlds collide was used for NXT as it was an NXT versus NXT UK kind of situation. So what will happen this Saturday with TNA? I don't know, but certainly it seems very interesting. TNA has also signed a number of great talent. They've re-signed a number of great talent. But there's questions about a particular talent that is a part of TNA right now, but according to some news sources, may not be a part of TNA by the end of this month. And that is the current TNA Knockouts champion, Trinity. Now, what are we talking about? So, when Trinity signed with TNA, formerly known as Impact, back in May slash June of last year, nobody really knew the length of that contract. But we did know that the rocket ship was immediately put on Trinity, and rightfully so. By Slammiversary in July, she was the Impact Knockouts champion, and she has held that title and had several great title defenses since then. It would stand to make sense that Trinity, who is really the flagship of this company, would lead the company into the TNA era. Instead, now all of these rumors are flying around that she may not be a part of TNA and that could end as quickly as this weekend. So I've been asked on a couple of different podcasts my thoughts on trinity potentially leaving to return to the wwe because oh in case i didn't say yeah her contract is potentially running out by the end of this month with her moving back to wwe that's the rumor i'll tell you my thoughts and of course i love sharing these thoughts with you guys because you guys are my day ones i think it's a mistake if all of this is true and i say if because honestly, I'm not a fan of the dirt sheets because they are like meteorologists. They get it wrong. And meteorologists, I say often, are the ones who can get it wrong and still keep their jobs, such as the case with dirt sheets. I don't know whether or not this is true, but I do feel like this. I do feel like Trinity and Mercedes left the WWE to accomplish several things outside of the WWE. WWE. I don't believe that six months is enough time for Trinity to accomplish what it is that I believe she set out to accomplish, and that is to become a household name outside of WWE so that you can become more valuable when you return. Now, between Mercedes and Trinity, Trinity by far had the best year of her career in 2023 becoming the impact knockouts champion becoming a defining force there proving that she can move the needle as all of the important metrics for impact moved in a positive direction thanks to her social media ticket sales pay-per-view buys all of the things so she's a real player a major player but has she moved the needle enough for the WWE to put her in a main event spot if she returns. And this is where I'm concerned because the WWE right now is cooking with hot grease, especially in their women's division. Think about this. Charlotte Flair went down with an injury during the holidays and she's going to be out for the better part of 2024. Yet WWE is not lacking in star power in their women's division. Think about it. Rhea Ripley was named the number one women's wrestler in all of the sport by PWI in 2023. She seems to have a stranglehold on the women's world championship. EO Sky is having an amazing run right now as the WWE women's champion. There are a number of incredible stars in the women's division. Bianca Belair, all of damage control which includes individually, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, all amazing talents. We also look at what's happening with the women's tag team titles, Katana Chance, Caden Carter, all that's happening with Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. You've got Becky Lynch. Let's also mention Nia Jax, who got a major win over Becky Lynch this past Monday. Lots of star power, in WWE's women's division. We haven't even talked about NXT, whose women's roster is deeper than both Raw and SmackDown. Then there's Jade Cargill. Right. So where would Trinity fit right now? I don't see Trinity walking in and winning a championship, which she deserves to win. Does Trinity show up at the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble? So my thoughts, and we talked about this yesterday on Russell Extra. If there is indeed a working relationship between TNA and the WWE, this would be the perfect time to enact that, to keep Trinity as a member of the TNA roster. She could appear at the Royal Rumble, much like Mickie James did a couple of years ago with that knockouts championship, and then return to TNA and dominate. I don't want to see Trinity lost in the sauce in WWE. Not now. I think a year from now, we have a different conversation. She can demand a different check. She can demand different placement on the roster. And I think they would give it to her. But I'm not sure it would happen right now. What are your thoughts on the potential of Trinity returning to the WWE, perhaps by the Royal Rumble? Let us know in the comments. Meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about what happened in week one of the WWE, their New Year's knockout. And then what happened last night on NXT. That's all still to come. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the Fatsy.
1: Augusta, Georgia. Are you ready for war? Saturday, January 13th. It's 12 men, one cage for IWE versus The Hierarchy. Join us at 90 Millage Road for a night of intense action, featuring all of your favorite IWE stars. Bell time is 7 p.m. and tickets are available now at Ticks.ticketleap.com. What's up, y'all? It's the intergalactic soul, the honorable brother, the revolutionary Ourselves, Darius Lockhart here, and I'm here with some exciting news on how you can watch our shade from home all across the globe. All you have to do is go to ashewrestling.com and click on the tab, watch Ashe. There starting at midnight November 24th on black Friday, there'll be a downloadable link available for purchase that will send you directly to the Ashe live stream held on December 1st. From there, select your item, click on the box, get your link, check out using the cart located in the bottom right corner of your screen. Click check out, enter your form of payment information and complete your purchase. Once you're done, there'll be the option to download the item. Click this and download the PDF format attached. And once it opens, there'll be a link at the bottom sending you directly to the live stream of the first ever Ashe show. I hope this is an easy process for everyone and that you join us on our live stream. I hope to see you there, Ashe.
0: Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right, I have merch available representing us here at the faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me. Yeah! So we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you. Uh-huh. you check out that merch right now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling. Bet on you. Five seconds of courage. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. I know
1: you're gonna dare. We'll this Ready for the second annual Georgia Wrestling Awards? Georgia Wrestling Awards, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty four, at Wild Wing Cafe, fifty five thirty Winward Parkway, Alpharetta, Georgia. Join us as we celebrate and honor Georgia's best wrestling talents, promotions, and events. It will truly be a night to remember. Dress fresh to impress on the red carpet. The second annual Georgia Wrestling Awards, January twenty seventh, at Wild Wing Cafe, fifty five thirty Winward Parkway, Alph. Georgia. See you there.
0: This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks and you know I only do it one way and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. As you can tell, week one in pro wrestling in 2024 has absolutely been jam-packed. We talked about TNA. We talked about AEW. We've dabbled a little bit with WWE, but now let's dig in because WWE hit us hard week one with their New Year's knockout. And I mean, they had everything from day one Raw to New Year's Evil on NXT and New Year's Revolution on SmackDown. The big takeaways... Roman Reigns now has an opponent for the Royal Rumble. It will be a fatal four-way because Roman Reigns and the Bloodline interfered in that number one contenders match. So now it'll be Roman Reigns taking on LA Knight, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. Now that's super interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are some conflicting thoughts out there. There's one thought process that says the WWE wants Roman Reigns to eclipse Hulk Hogan's four-year title reign. That's possible. But then something happened on day one of Monday Night Raw, as The Rock made a return to Monday Night Raw. And cutting through his massive segment, it's great to see The Rock back on Raw, all the things. But what we really cared about were the last few words he uttered when he said he wanted to go eat. Where should he sit? Should he sit at the bar? Should he sit at the booth? Or should he sit at the head of the table? And with those words, we then began to wonder, could it finally happen? Could we finally see The Rock versus Roman Reigns? And the question in all of social media and in all of the wrestling world is, where will we see this match? Well, we know we won't see it at the Royal Rumble, but will we see it in Perth, Australia? At the Elimination Chamber? Or will we see it in Philadelphia at WrestleMania? Now, there are those who believe that because Cody needs to finish his story and because the WWE could potentially want Roman Reigns to eclipse Hulk Hogan's iconic title reign, maybe Rock versus Roman happens in Perth. Here's what I say First of all, Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia, does not need The Rock. People are gonna show up because there's not been a show in Australia in a very long time. Oh, and the women's world champion, Rhea Ripley will be there. So I don't believe that you need The Rock on this show. I do believe that a match of this magnitude, which is likely only going to happen once, needs to happen at WrestleMania. It probably should've happened at WrestleMania 38. It absolutely should've happened at WrestleMania 39. But I don't believe that Triple H is willing to miss this opportunity here at WrestleMania 40. So, understanding that, I think Rock versus Roman happens at WrestleMania. But this gets complicated because if Rock versus Roman happens at WrestleMania, if there's a title up for grabs, it seems to reason that there's no way that The Rock wins. If there's not a title on the line, then anybody could win this. But then if there's not a title on the line, how does Cody finish his story? Do we expect Cody to finish his story at WrestleMania? And then, should Roman lose the title before we get to WrestleMania? All of these questions are why we watch the product. If you remember, this time last year, Sami Zayn was super hot. He gets to Royal Rumble. He gets kicked out of the bloodline. And then we find out all of a sudden, it's going to be Roman versus Sami at Elimination Chamber. But prior to that, the questions were, who should end up fighting Roman at WrestleMania? Should it be Cody? Should it be Sammy? We're in a very similar scenario right now. That's a good thing to see happen. So I want to ask you, who should fight Roman at WrestleMania? Should it be The Rock? Should it be Cody? Let us know, of course, on the socials because we really want to know your thoughts this gets very very interesting i think and i think wrestlemania is must see it's must see all the time anyway but the concept of the rock and roman it has to happen it just it just has to happen did i say it has to happen yeah because it has to happen now then let's talk a bit about nxt nxt was Pretty awesome last night. Well, not just last night, but at New Year's Evil as well. Though we did get a little disappointed as the NXT champion Ilya Dragunov was not cleared for competition. So he could not defend the championship against Trick Williams. Trick Williams instead ended up battling Grayson Waller for the number one contendership. Trick Williams remains number one contender. We don't know when Ilya Dragunov will return. We did find out at New Year's Evil that Oba Femi would win the NXT Breakout Tournament. Now, you need to remember that because we're going to revisit that for this week's episode of NXT, which, by the way, if you did not watch, I have a spoiler or two, so you might want to pause the podcast. If you don't care if you already saw it, don't worry as we forge ahead. Quite a bit happened this week on NXT, including the start of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Interestingly enough, The men's side is what we saw. I don't know if there's going to be a women's tag team classic this year. We'll find out. But we do know that the finals of the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic on the men's side will take place at New Year's Evil. And there are some pretty interesting teams that are involved already. What one might consider to be a makeshift team of Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. They did incredibly well defeating Gallus. On the other side, you've got a team like Axiom and Nathan Fraser, who won their opening match against Hank and Tank. The tag team I'm going to be watching, Trick and Melo. Yeah, they're going to be the eighth team in this tournament. They'll be taking on the team of Malik Blade and Idris Enofe. That's going to be a really interesting tag team match. I think we all know that this, again is taking us somewhere relative to this battle that should happen between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Now, what's interesting to me is this. It feels like this story is dragging on and on and on, and I didn't think that they could find a way to take this all the way to Stand and Deliver. My initial prediction is that we'd see Carmelo and Trick battle at Stand and Deliver. After watching Carmelo Hayes debut on SmackDown, it seems like he belongs there So I felt like maybe we'd get this war at NXT Vengeance Day. Now things are getting interesting because we could potentially see Trick and Mello in the finals at Vengeance Day. And then maybe things go awry, setting things up for stand and deliver. I'm not sure which way this is going to go. But again, this is why we watch. And let me just go ahead and say this. My favorite two hours of wrestling television weekly is NXT. And they keep on delivering. And one of the ways that they delivered last night was this cool segment that happened involving Tiffany Stratton and Fallon Henley. Now, at New Year's Evil, those two ladies battled, and the loser would basically be the servant of the winner. In this particular case, Fallon Henley wins, and so Tiffany Stratton finds her way on the farm as a farmhand and an assistant for fallon henley this honestly took me back to the days of world class like it's just cool to see some of these old storylines being brought back to life and again because many in this generation haven't seen anything like it it's pretty entertaining for sure and entertaining it was no doubt about it great television there we also got to see OTM battle for the Tag Team Championships as they took on the family. It was a great match, but really the newsworthy part is that Jada Parker looks like she will become a part of OTM. Now, the second we saw Jada Parker in the Women's NXT Breakout Tournament, she has star written all over her. And her demeanor is one that seems to fit perfectly with OTM. So I'm liking this concept For sure. And then Lexus King found his way into a North American title match. He lost the title match to Dragon Lee. But then we would see Oba Femi cash in his championship opportunity that he won just last week at the NXT breakout tournament. And guess what? We've got a new NXT North American champion in Oba Femi. I love this. And I love it for a lot of reasons. Obafemi is a star. And I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen him, you know, kind of build and things like that. But when you are a star, what build is necessary? And I think this is a case where we're willing to watch the NXT North American Championship in his hands. Now, this is what's intriguing. Two of the last three NXT North American champions have actually come from the main roster. That being Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio. The third was Trick Williams for literally three days. So now the North American championship goes back into the hands of an NXT superstar. We're going to get to watch this man cook. We're going to get to watch him build and see what he can do in that long lineage of amazing NXT North American champions. And speaking of the North American championship, a former North American champion has issued an apology. We're talking about the artist formerly known as the Velveteen Dream. Patrick Clark Jr. hit the socials last week with a compelling apology. I call it compelling he apologized for the position that he put a lot of the WWE in, its fans, several of his co-workers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you don't remember all that happened, it's kind of hard to talk about. But what we can say for sure is there were some accusations out there during the Me Too movement about Patrick Clark, a.k.a. the Velveteen Dream. They really kind of hovered over him. There was a point where it looked like NXT had found him free and clear. But maybe he wasn't free and clear. He ultimately ended up being released, left the wrestling industry, got kind of quiet, and then we heard this apology. Now, we're not sure if he's going to look to make his way back, but it's arguably one of the most complete apologies I've heard. Now, there are those on the socials who said he didn't apologize to the victims. To that end, I say, hey, no apology is perfect, but I felt like this apology was the most complete Sincere and accountable apology we've heard in pro wrestling in a long time. You can go and check it out on his Instagram page and let me know what you think. So it's already been a pretty eventful 10 days here in 2024 in the space of pro wrestling. What other things do you think could happen this year? I'd love to get some of your predictions. Let us know on the socials at The Faction Show. If you're looking to catch me in certain spaces, I had a great, great time this past Friday at Southern Honor Wrestling, an amazing time. It's going to be a pretty busy year, it's looking like already, just seeing how the first quarter is shaping up. This Saturday, I'll be in Augusta, Georgia as part of IWE, really excited about that. And then here at the end of the month, I'll be part of the Georgia Wrestling History Awards and Gala. I'll be helping to host that show. And in case you have not heard, I and my broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, are once again nominated for commentator of the year it is our fourth year being nominated we have won the previous three years and hopefully we'll be able to win yet again now if you are listening and you're part of the wrestling community and you'd like to take part in voting you certainly can do so if you do a search for the Georgia Wrestling History Awards you'll find the link to get all the information to be able to vote so that is certainly a possibility That happened on the 27th. That's the last Saturday of January into February. First week of February, I will be with Southern Honor Wrestling. February the 10th, I'll be doing some cool things here in Atlanta with All-Caribbean Wrestling. We'll tell you more about that. And then at the end of February, February the 24th, I'll be returning to Ashe Wrestling for what's going to be an insane card. Oh, my gosh. You've got to find a way to get to Ashe Wrestling in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tickets for that event actually go on sale tomorrow. It's going to be crazy. Featuring a world title defense for the Pan-African World Championship as Suge D defends against Caprice Coleman. Interesting side note, I'm probably one of the few people on the planet who's had the privilege of doing commentary with both of those gentlemen. So I'm super excited about that match. It's the battle of the Darius's. Darius Carter versus Darius Lockhart, also at this Ashe event. And I've heard that two WWE Hall of Famers will be a part of this event as well. Teddy Long and Ron Simmons. You gotta be there, guys. It's gonna be amazing. February the 24th, we'll be talking more about all of these events as time progresses. But until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I'm Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people here we go.